morning again. You may be wondering why there's a person crying on our slide this morning, and it's because we're going to talk about um, grief this morning. We're going to talk about suffering and um, our capacity to lament. Um, you may or may not know this, but the, the Bible has a lot of suffering in it. Bible tells us a lot of stories about suffering people, and um, one thing I haven't done uh, since uh, I came to Mission Hills is talk on a psalm, and so this morning we're going to look at the, the, the lectionary and its psalm selection, and we're going to do this by uh, doing uh, a little bit of Lectio Divina. We've done this a couple of times uh, at Mission Hills, uh, where I'm going to read the passage. You can close your eyes. You can keep your eyes open. There's no real rule, but I'm going to read the passage three times, and I'm going to read it in three different translations, and then I'm going to pause, ask some reflection questions, um, and then I'll, and I'll read it again. So we're going to be in Psalm 13, so if, you, if you're more comfortable following along, uh, you can look in the bulletin, and Psalm 13's in there, uh, or you can open up a Bible if you want in the seat back. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Have you ever felt forgotten? Have you ever felt forgotten by God? If you were the writer of this song, what does it feel like to bear pain in your soul, to have sorrow in your heart all day long? Psalm 13. Long enough, God, you've ignored me long enough. I've looked at the back of your head long enough. Long enough have I carried this ton of trouble, lived with a stomach full of pain. Long enough have my arrogant enemies looked down their noses at me. Take a good look at me, God, my God. I want to look life in the eye so no enemy can get the best of me or laugh at me when I fall on my face. I've thrown myself headlong into your arms. I'm celebrating your rescue. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I am so full of answered prayers. Have you ever 
felt like the world was set against you? Have you ever felt like God won't rescue you? As the writer in this moment, do you trust God? When I read this a third time, take a moment to imagine yourself as the, the writer of this song, or maybe the, maybe the singer of this song. What struggle are you going through? Why are you writing? How long will you forget me, Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I be left to my own wits, agony filling my heart? Daily? How long will my enemy keep defeating me? Look at me. Answer me. Lord my God, restore sight to my eyes. Otherwise, I'll sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I won. My foes will rejoice over my downfall. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. Yes, I will sing to the Lord because he has been good to me. What struggle are you going through? Why are you writing to God? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, your word uh, teaches us to ask tough questions and to grieve your absence. Uh, we feel your absence all the time. We ask that you be present in this moment. Teach us, work within our lives, work within our hearts, restore justice to our lives and order to our world. In Jesus' name, amen. There's, so there's a lot of things to, uh, to grieve in our world today and obviously in our personal lives. Uh, I was listening to uh, the New York Times as a podcast called The Daily, and they did a special uh, this past week where they um, went through the uh, opioid epidemic and the crisis uh, that's going on in our uh, country specifically right now. Insane. I really, until they did this piece, had no idea the extent of the problem with opioid addiction that our country has. Uh, right now, it's nearly 100 people in the U.S. die every day by overdose to opioids. Like, that's crazy. Uh, they're estimating uh, over the next decade that a half a million people in the U.S. would die uh, because of opioid o overdose. And uh, like to put that in context, they were said that that could be as many people in the next 10 years that have like ever died since like the AIDS epidemic in our country. So to put that to scale, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, and just think of all the lives, all the families that are broken up, torn apart by this. They had a, a police officer on on the podcast talk about how um, they they came a, across a, a drug deal 
of um, these really uh, illegal drugs that come in from, from China and they don't know what's in them technically. And he had some on his shirt and he went to flick it off and overdosed by just touching it. Uh, unbelievable. Like more, some of these are more potent than, than anthrax. And so, I mean, it, this is obviously a, a large issue in, uh, in our country and in rural areas uh, specifically. And I think it's, you know, a good question. The Bible teaches us, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord, will you forget us? Uh, obviously, this week, um, our politicians uh, began to uh, reshape our, our country into their own image by giving massive, massive, uh, proposing legislation to give massive tax cuts to uh, the wealthiest uh, while basically cutting uh, doing that to cut health care uh, for 22 million people over the next decade, uh, most of whom desperately need health care, right? The people that are going to be losing their health care are those who uh, need it the most. How long will you forget me, O Lord? Uh, I think as people of faith, it is imperative uh, that we create space for lament, both personal lament, communal lament, um, Life is, is difficult. Life is, is unfair. And oftentimes it, it, it feels like we're facing uh, forces that are beyond our control. Climate change, like Christine said, like how could we ever, you know, how can we ever combat something like that, right? Or, you know, this epidemic uh, for uh, opioids in our country or, um, you know, even healthcare, you know, like what, what can we do to, to really uh, push forward uh, justice in our society when it feels like a handful of people are kind of like controlling and manipulating, right? But this is, I think, what's so great about the life of faith is that all throughout the Bible, the, the total trajectory of the Bible is one in which God's people cry out. I spoke last year about this idea, and there's this word in Hebrew, uh, sa'ak, say that with me, sa'ak, sa'ak sounds like sock, but no, it's not, but Sa'ak is this verse that's, is this word, Hebrew word that's used over and over and over again in the Bible. Uh, it means to cry out. God's people cry out. Uh, whenever uh, God talks to Moses and uh, the Israelites are in slavery, they're in bondage by e Egypt, uh, God says, I've heard the cry of my people and I'm here to, to liberate and to rescue, uh, rescue my people. Uh, I always say the driving narrative of the Christian life is a story that understands God as, understands God primarily as liberator, all right? That is, uh, you might be familiar with the popular New Testament verse, uh, is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God is liberator. Jesus uh, even saw himself as part of that liberation and tradition. In Luke 4, uh, whenever Jesus is announcing his ministry, whenever Jesus is announcing what his life is about, he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim deliverance to the captives and recover the sight of the blind and to release, to release the oppressed. To release the oppressed. The driving narrative of the Christian life is a story that understands God primarily as liberator. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., um, spoke about this uh, quite often uh, of, of liberation and um, living in 
the, uh, the grief and the pain, the lament of uh, the people, God's people. And uh, I want to read a little bit of a, a quote um, from a sermon that he, uh, he called, Why Does God Hide Himself? Um, he, was, he preached this sermon, actually, the, um, the, uh, the night before the um, um, Montgomery bus boycott. Um, so let me, uh, let me quote this. Long centuries ago, when proud Babylon ruled the world, great Isaiah cried, Thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. How often through the centuries has this cry risen to human lips? We ourselves have not been unfamiliar with it. We have seen imperialistic nations trampling over other nations with the iron feet of oppression. We have seen evil in the form of calamitous wars, which left battlefields painted with blood, filled nations with orphans and widows, and stacked up national debts higher than mountains of gold, sent men psychologically home, uh, home psychologically wrecked and physically handicapped, and God did not intervene. The awful silence of heaven remained unbroken. Yet we appealed to God in desperate tones to intervene and defend his right. But still evil continued to rise to astronomical proportions. Our generation feels afresh what Keats called the giant agony of the world. It's a small wonder that some like H.G. Wells complain bitterly, he, God, is an ever-absent help in the time of trouble. And others cried out with the earnest uh, believer, Carlyle, God sits in heaven and does nothing. I think we're all familiar with this, with this feeling, and I think that's what this psalm invites us into, to, in tough times, uh, take the words of the psalmist seriously. How long will you forget me, O Lord? What does it mean to uh, ask God the tough questions? And the Bible invites us to sit in those tough times, to sit in those moments, and ask God, have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten us? I think it's interesting, at the end, uh, there's a lot of debate at the end of this, if you, um, if you read commentaries like a, like a nerd, like I do, um, you notice there's a change in tone in verses 5 and 6. It goes from, you know, how long, God, to I have trusted in your steadfast love because the Lord has dealt it bountifully with me, right? It's like a, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, and some will say that, well, clearly verses 5 and 6 were written later after the trial was finished, and he's reflecting now back on how God was steadfast during his time of trouble, which might be true. Um, or you could take the opinion that he is, uh, he or she, most likely he, but he or she, or gender inclusive here at Mission Hill, so he or she. Get a good gender inclusive Bible too, that's helpful. Um, I trusted in your steadfast love, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation, is the author's attempt to speak upon what we expect from God. Uh, there is a uh, commenter that said, the Psalms of Lament show a lack of accommodation to evil and violence. The writers of the laments all throughout the Bible are utterly surprised by evil because they believe and know that God is good and that peace and justice are supposed to define this life. Out of their surprise, the psalmists then complain and protest. Psalms of Lament 
keep us maladjusted and give us words to combat injustice. So we expect justice as part of like what Jesus came to say, the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God is coming. It is imperative for us to bring the kingdom with our lives, to demand justice, to, to, to demand a, a full life. I've come that you, have, you may have life and have it to the fullest. We always say, may we embrace God, or love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. That we demand a life that is, is rich with love and meaning and purpose and wholeness and justice. Uh, and that's what these psalms do. They demand that God be the liberator, that God is who God says God is, right? Jesus says, I have come to set the captive free, to liberate the oppressed. And so, as people of faith, may we demand that. May we ask God, where are you? Come and rescue me. It's not as if when we go through hard times that we uh, abandon our life of faith, but we lean into it and demand that God answer our prayers, that we demand that God bring justice into our lives, wholeness and fullness into our lives. So as people of faith, may we, one, grieve well together. When we're going through hard times, when we're struggling, May we be present in that grief, that struggle. Uh, the Bible doesn't shy away from asking God the tough questions. The Bible does not shy away from the experience and life of suffering all throughout the Bible. But like the psalmist, may we not be afraid to ask, how long will you forget me? May we continue to demand justice and liberation within our own personal lives. Whatever is keeping us uh, oppressed or, 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 or bonded to something, may we ask for justice and liberation. And may we never grow weary of asking really tough questions. And, as Paul says in Galatians, may we remember, quote, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Let's pray. How long will you forget us, O Lord? This morning, we may feel nothing. We may feel uh, more absence than presence. We may feel like everything in our lives, everything around us is spiraling out of control. Uh, and in that experience, may we demand that you restore us, that you are faithful, if you are the liberating God, liberate us, each of us, from whatever oppresses us, whether it's personal or communal, societal. Be the God of liberation. Your word says that you came to bring good news to the poor. good news to the poor. May we bring as your people good news to the poor. If everything in our world is or seems out of control, may you restore order within us and may we go from this place and be your hands and feet, your loving presence. To uh, love our neighbor as ourself to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can stand to your feet. We'll sing one more song.
God, I look to you, how I'll be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom, you know just what to do. Ah.